0: I look back at it now and I'm like, that sucks. Yeah, really That's bad. Is bad music. <laughs> yeah, it's really bad. You know, <laughs> and you're like, maybe I should learn how to play this thing properly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh Southeast London artist called Jamie Isaac, who I had played with in Leeds, uh, who sort of just changed like my entire perception of how I was like recording my own music. That's what sounds sound like <laughs> when they're together. Yeah.
1: Cool. Hi welcome to the creative community worldwide podcast from collective culture my name's alex and for anyone who doesn't know collective culture is a new free to access and be a part of worldwide creative collective multimedia and events brand based in southeast london offering opportunities and starting projects with creatives from anywhere and everywhere in the podcast We'll be talking to people i find really interesting some already involved in collective culture and others who aren't generally focused around the life of modern day creatives the creative industry but also just venturing off into other random topics along the way in this episode the first of the series i had the pleasure of talking to kern parks aka kieran alexander a london-based solo artist songwriter and now also producer mixing and mastering engineer we delve into our shared and sometimes embarrassing experiences as musicians his most recent releases through indie label Beth Shalom Records, Life in London and some other relatable topics. So without further ado, it gives me great pleasure to give you Kern Parks. Some of your old bands, I can't remember all of the names, but I remember like there was Full of Our Steel,
0: steel yeah. uh, Baby Names, yeah. uh, there was. I don't know if you ever played with Petlib. I'm not. 100% no, but sure. I've i heard of. Yeah, yeah, and then obviously <coughs> hanging around with all the Hello Tomorrow boys.
1: And yeah, yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Some good, um, <laughs> yeah, some good connections in Nottingham at that time. Mm. Um, so obviously now you're a solo artist. Yeah. Um, style-wise, I would say kind of indie emo pop. So yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Kind of kind of trying trying to uh, run away from the. In the emo thing—I feel like it's a—it's a—I don't know—like devil on my back yep. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But trying uh, to shake off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's uh yeah, yeah for sure, for sure. Yeah, definitely.
1: Um, and obviously, yeah. So this year, obviously, released uh, four really good singles, but you've had five in total as as yeah parks, yeah, right? yeah yeah um so this year you've had it's been elephant mindless eye the floor below and door yes one i really wanted to talk about um because just sonically i just absolutely loved it was uh, the floor below yeah um which is also the name of your like production
0: yeah yeah, yeah yeah a new a new venture <laughs> that i'm starting uh, just sort of something to run my production work through and then uh with i'm sort of working on um next year doing some, like, uh, charity single releases with different artists. Oh, uh, and, like, making, nice. like, a little zine to, like, go with it and stuff. Yeah. So it's just um, kind of like a playground, yeah, I guess, yeah, for me yeah, to yeah. just do whatever I want, yeah. like, within the realm of music. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. So, awesome. yeah, uh, it just seemed like, just seemed like the right name. Just seemed like the right yeah. name to give it. Think, but Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, but, yeah, so the single, The formula, mm. For me, like, and I know, you know, you're trying to come away from the emo thing, but <laughs> I, vocally, it kind of took me back to, like, I don't know why, I just sort of hopped back to my, like, title fight days. Yeah, Like, okay, that, for that sure, really for sure. big hook line. Um, yeah. And I think, um, I think overall the sound was, like, super accomplished. I think mm-hmm. it was really, really good. Thank you. Um, why did you record it and how did, the, how did the, you sort of write and produce that song? So,
0: <clears throat> I record absolutely everything at home. Oh wow, uh, really? Just in my bedroom. Yeah, wherever. Okay. So that song was recorded when I used to live in um, Stone Newington.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, in like this really weird shaped bedroom because yeah. I sort of had like the stairs to the flat above were like yeah. on top of me <laughs> almost. So it was like a really, you know, sort of like really <laughs> DIY setup. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So I recorded it all in there, um, just one microphone. Yeah. Um, I, I actually made it because I had a uh, master's interview for a music production course mm-hmm. and I just thought like I should I should produce something new I'd sort of given up on like solo stuff for a little bit I was just yeah. focusing on like bands and just my job at the time mm-hmm. and everything um, but I figured I should try and make something new for this interview not show them something that I did like a year and a half ago Yeah.
1: 100%. Um,
0: and I had been watching uh, Jordan Rakai doing this um, <laughs> series where he was talking about like how he produces basically because I love the sound of his records I've heard of um, him but
1: like for just for reference for anyone
0: listening like maybe Jordan like Rekai um London based I think New Zealand born uh sort of like soul jazz uh funk artist. just amazing voice amazing composition um I think his most recent record is called Origin um, and just his his production work and his production style is just super lush and layered and just like beautiful sounding. Mm-hmm. Um, and I suppose I, he was um, just going through how he comes up with tracks and um, it was based, uh, he said that he would just loop something and just start layering it and let it just turn into whatever yeah. maybe even like take that original loop out eventually yeah. um and that's how i started um the floor below mm, it, and i just figured it would be an interesting way to like create something new see whether i wanted to start making solo music again um and yeah it came together i finished it in i finished the song itself like recording it and writing it uh, it happened simultaneously in about a day and a half and then a few days later it had been mixed and mastered Amazing. um who mixed and mastered it uh, me no way yeah i i do ev- like everything i'm super impressed yeah, honestly everything. like thank you
1: i i i can use a few sounds on like logic <laughs> and like make a half decent demo but yeah. nothing i ever make can ever like <laughs> nothing I ever start on can be a finished product right right, right giving right. it to someone else so yeah no it was re- i was really impressed um and then Elephant was sort of like a bit of an a sort of acoustic masterclass. I thought
0: it was. A bit of a masterclass. <laughs> yeah, um, Elephant came from. I was listening to a lot of like early two thousands like pop music yes. and like singer songwriter. I stuff. recently got a lot more into that. Yeah, yeah. Thinking. Okay, I mean a bit a big one for me was I had um, oh, uh, the first John Mayer album, right? I listened to, and it was just it's just like this syrupy acoustic pop like yeah. masterpiece, you know. And I mean he's a questionable man for sure, but yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. but th- that record, like the sounds were really good uh, for me. And then uh, tracks like Ironic by Alanis Morissette. Um, even like, um, you know, that sound like, all the things she said, all the things yeah. she said by Tattoo. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah even, even stuff like that. Like it was just all that was on my mind at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, when I wrote it, and so I just wanted to kind of like channel that. As much as I possibly could, but like in my own way, yeah, because yeah. obviously I don't have like a million dollars to spend <laughs> to spend on a song. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was kind of like my my attempt to that. But again, it was the same thing. It was um, all recorded in my bedroom, yeah. one microphone. I think the stuff thing stuff. that
1: most impresses me is the vocal production on your stuff. Because like, oh, really? yeah, the I one thing I noticed consistently throughout lot of your songs is that kind of like those strong doubled up vocals, mm, mm. Um, very layered, and like the, yeah, I'm just impressed, like, generally like when I try and do anything with vocals, <laughs> they just sound, they sound really bad. Right, so, right, so yeah. I was really, no, I, was, I was really impressed. Oh, thank you, yeah. Really, really good. Um, and <clears throat> then like Mindless Eye was a lot more like obviously piano. Yeah. Yeah. It's
0: one of the first songs I wrote from start to finish on the piano, because that's like, out of the instruments I play, that's like probably the newest to me, yeah, same
1: for me. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, so it's sort of like I think it's something that you buy like a MIDI keyboard yeah. and you're like, <laughs> and you can play about like four yeah. notes on yeah. it. And you're like, maybe I should learn how to play this thing properly. Yeah. Uh, and it was yeah. when I was finishing my undergrad, I just got really hooked on like James Blake. And mm-hmm. like, uh, there's a uh, Southeast London artist called Jamie Isaac who I had played with in Leeds, uh, who sort of just changed like my entire perception of how I was like recording my own music. In what um, way? He... I think because he works in the same way, or at least he did when I'd heard of him. Um, he... And he treated himself as like a producer who sings as well. He's right, got again. And he's got this, like, beautiful voice. So sort
1: of how you perceive your own expertise.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and, then, like, and then playing with it, it just uh, stuck with me, and it just inspired me. Um, and so I was just trying to channel that sort of vibe. But that song is... I did a remaster of it for when we released it but that song is about two years old
1: ah so that's from when you actually started it yeah
0: yeah that yeah. song's about two years old and that's been really interesting with the songs that have been coming out some of them were like written recorded produced and then about a month later they were out and then other ones are like old yeah,
1: yeah like yeah. old
0: songs and it's just been it's been really cool to like do that see what fares better because um, they're all quite different as well yeah. I feel. Uh, the vibe of all 100%. of them. Yeah, but I mean, yeah.
1: I yeah, I have that when I will sort of go. Through, I mean, I I don't really write much music at the minute, but mm. um, whenever I do, I'll sort of go through old videos and notes on my phone that I've made, just like you know, like voice recordings and stuff like that. Absolutely. And you find that thing, you're like, oh my god, I can't believe I actually, I can't believe that's me. Yeah, that's so yeah, good. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll, honestly,
0: honestly, I do that all the time. I I found an old hard drive. From when I was about nineteen, and from what I remember from when I was nineteen, yeah. all my music like sucked yeah, so same, bad. Same. And then like I go back to it, and then every song sort of that I find a track, and I'm like, this is hard. Why didn't I even put this yeah, out? I like said, this oh, is amazing. Yeah, yeah like, you know what I mean. <laughs> so now I feel that.
1: <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, but in general, like, how, how has this year kind of been for you? What's it kind of meant for your music? Because I guess like from what I've seen, like this year was kind of your first sort of like full year really pushing yeah. the, the, your new tracks and releasing really yeah. a lot of stuff. Obviously Definitely. You signed to Beth Shalom Records. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, what's it been like this
0: week? It's been cool. It's, um, I've never, I've never really like put so much effort into myself before. It's always been yeah. like, you know, a band that I'm in or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been a shared effort. But this is the first time, because I've been making music, for a while now and making music like under my own name and stuff for ages yeah um just like various little like SoundCloud and Bandcamp uploads. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so this was the first time I really took it seriously um and it's been cool it's been intense um and there's been a lot of doubting whether like I'm you know fit to be doing this by myself
1: yeah, yeah.
0: but um it's been cool like there's been a really good response which I didn't expect mm-hmm. and um Luckily, with, you know, with the help of Bashalom, it's meant that uh, I was able to make some physical copies of the music, you which is really that, cool. Like, like these, like, music. lathe cuts. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, which is, you know, it's amazing. I remember I yeah. got, like, uh, the first lathe cut with um, Elephant and the Floor Below on it. And I was looking at, it, and I was like, I can't believe this is, like, I'd had my music on vinyl before. Yeah, but, like, yeah. when I've been in bands, this yeah, was the first yeah. time where it was, like, it was just me. Yeah. And I looked at it, and I was like, I, I made this. Yeah, <laughs> so cool. You know what I mean? Um, so I think it's been a big, like, confidence boost. Yeah. Especially in terms, of, uh, uh, in terms of, like, music production. Because mm-hmm. with songwriting, it's the thing, because I've been doing it for so long, I'm fairly you know, I don't, I don't look at myself and think like, Oh, I'm amazing. But at the same time, it's like, I'm comfortable yeah. in what I can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But with production, it's something of, I've always wanted to like try and prove myself with it. Um, and I always make a point of uh, saying I produce this, I mix this, I yeah. mastered this. Cause okay, it's like, yeah. I, st- I studied it. And I didn't know if I was good enough to do it. And I had some things that had like knocked me down about it. And I guess this year has been um, really affirming for me that I, I you know, I kind of know what I'm doing. Uh, and it's made me actually want to start like producing again and like yeah. get better at it. Yeah, you know what I mean? Um, no, so, yeah, yeah, hundred percent.
1: I mean, like production is really that. Like for a musician, production really is that next kind of step. Like if if you can produce and mix your stuff and master it, mm. you're the whole package. You can. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> well, that's, yeah, that's the thing. Like, there's no there's no like financial limitations really. And
0: I, I mean I, that was the thing. I never really have any money. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like, I don't, I don't want to spend what little money I have yeah. on that if I can do it myself. Exactly. Not that, you know, obviously you should pay producers, you yeah, know, and yeah, I think yeah, like yeah. stuff that I do in the future, hopefully I'll be in a position where I can get someone else to master it yeah. because it's good to get other sets yeah. of ears on. But if I can do it myself and put out like good quality music by myself... Yeah. I don't see why I wouldn't. And that's the dream. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, yeah, you
1: can be a good songwriter, mm. but then actually producing and mixing is a whole other like. Yeah. As a whole, nother... Well, how how did you even come about? Like even getting to a, that sort of level.
0: Because I did music production um, up in Leeds. I sort of um I started learning how to mix properly. I'd been recording myself for years, yeah. but I didn't know what mixing was. How I'd... it sounds at the
1: end, that's how it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was just like that's
0: what sound that's what sounds sound like mm. when they're together. Yeah. Cool. You know, yeah. and I was like why doesn't it sound like my that favorite the record? MP3, yeah, oh, that was the, yeah, <laughs> it was just uploading MP3s to Bandcamp yeah. and like this is fine, right? But um it was once I got to uni I started learning about mixing and yeah. I was mixing like other people's stuff like for uni. Um, and it's now the thing of, I remember the first time I mixed my own music was the most awful experience yeah, ever. I've heard um, this from people mixing them it, it, yeah, it is yeah. It's painstaking because like, because it's all you and it's sort of like it has to be perfect it has to be perfect and nothing sounds good yeah so what i tend to do now is i have to like honestly just like put like a different helmet on almost (laughs) just like right okay i've got the producer helmet on now and i just sit there and i look at it and i'm just like if something's bad something's bad and i'm just like this is bad i'm gonna i'm gonna tell kieran to redo (laughs) it and then i'm sitting there looking at it just like um Oh, the producer just told me to redo it, and it's like that's you though. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I had to like just disconnect from the song, yeah, yeah. take my emotions away from it. Yeah. You know, like how I feel about the that's song really itself. Hard. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think like and I've gotten better at it, which in turn has meant the mixes have um, come together quicker. Because uh, I also don't believe in like spending months on mixes. I just don't think it's really.
1: Oh no, I agree.
0: You're not gonna get something better mm. from like pouring all this time into it if you can just pour a few days into it and like, give it like all the effort you possibly can in those few days. Cause if there's only so much work, you can do.
1: Definitely production and mixing wise, I think if they're going to work, it's going to be a quick fire thing. Mm. I, I, 100%. I remember in um, bands I used to play in, um, myself and uh, my other friend, Kieran, um, mm. we would yeah, work on a track. And if it was going to be a good track, it would generally be done within a week like mm. produce done mm-hmm. uh if if not it would like we wouldn't realize but then we'd end up taking maybe like three months on it and keep yeah. changing it and then keep adding in new parts and changing it and changing yeah, just synth not, sounds and uh, yeah
0: and it's just not working yeah it's laborious yeah. It's exactly horrible. exactly yeah
1: um so yeah so obviously you used to live in leeds you now live in london how are mm-hmm. you finding london in general
0: i i mean i love living in london yeah it's great i think um I moved, uh, you know, I moved to southeast a few months ago, yeah. um, and the pace is a lot better now. Yeah, I agree. because I love London, but um, I don't love it for the fact that it's a huge city. I love it for the communities that exist, yeah, yeah. Um, in various places, yeah. and also just like the amount of like different people there are. Um, but you know, I don't love like going to London Bridge. Yeah. And then, like, walking around the Thames and everything. Like, it's nice, sure. Yeah. But I need that slightly slower pace. So, where yeah. I'm living now, it's, like, in between New Cross and uh, Greenwich. Yeah. In uh, Deptford, it means that, like, I can go and walk around Greenwich. And it's lovely and quiet. Yeah. Uh, and then, if I need to, I can go into Central. Yeah. Like, with ease. So, um... No, I'm exactly the
1: same. Yeah, it's, right. like, I mean, it's listen, like the perfect you know, it's thing. It's yeah. It's mental, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's so, it's so <laughs> mad. And, like,
0: like I say, when I lived in Hackney, like... It was noise constantly, you know, um, and it definitely like my my mental health. Living like slightly away from all of that is like far better. Yeah. Because I think just for me, like I need that. I need to be able to get in and out of the chaos. Yeah. I can't live in it.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah, I've experienced both. Yeah. Roundabouts. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, being able to have the option, especially living in London, having the option, I think also financially. Mm. Like if you live in the chaos generally it's very expensive. Yeah, it's very <laughs> For
0: expensive. <some> reason. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just like yeah, they want to they want to like charge you double and then yeah. like all the supermarkets just don't have the right amount of stuff yeah, that yeah, you yeah. need, so you end <laughs> yeah. up like eating out more yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's like um my um you know my girlfriend lives in uh like East London like near you know near nearish like Shoreditch and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like so easy. To just oh, yeah, go yeah, into yeah. shortage, used, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, uh, you end up just, like, the the amount of money yeah, you yeah, end up yeah, spending yeah, yeah, is yeah. just insane. just percent Yeah, it's just insane. Well,
1: yeah, there are upsides and downsides on there to London, but um, yeah. it's very addictive, I find.
0: Oh, yeah, I don't think I can leave. Yeah, no, I thinking, honestly don't think like, I can I, leave.
1: I, I, I actually say to um, my girlfriend, Emma, that, like, if it wasn't for my friends living here, I would love to just, like run away and live in like some like cabin in the countryside but i don't think i could no i don't think i could it's like that weird thing like pulling you in uh, yeah yeah it's addictive for sure it is hi again in this segment of the podcast we discuss the concept of the tortured artist something we both and i'm sure many other creators will have experience of dealing with enjoy so I did some research on this topic, and it's something I hadn't really heard of before. Um, and I instantly kind of felt this like self-reflection mm. once mm. I started yeah. reading about it. Yeah, um, and it all like came together and made a lot of sense very quickly. Do you want to sort of like explain the general concept of it?
0: Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think from spending time within uh, like the UK like emo grunge sort of scene, there was yeah. this there was this big focus on like we make sad music. Yeah, and it's all one well and good. Like a song is allowed to be sad. I love songs that are sad. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, you know, peddling yourself
1: yeah.
0: as like, we're sad. We're so depressed. It's, it, yeah. you know, it's not, not only is it not healthy for the people listening, it's not healthy for the artists like themselves. Yeah. Um, and I think it's very, and I found myself in the same cycle of, oh, I can only make things when I feel at my lowest. Yeah. You know, and this thing of like and it's it's like exactly, exactly. And it's like, oh, my best work comes when it's like four in the morning and I'm like well, just staring at the wall, head in my hand. Manically like, depressed. Yeah, yeah. exactly you know what I mean? Like yeah. um and I think and it's something that now luckily is being talked about yeah. all the time. And uh and that sort and those um notions are being like smashed. But like once upon a time, you know that wasn't the case and it was sort of the thing of like, yeah, you gotta yeah. be like Depressed and tortured and like abusing whatever you can, all the time to make the best music possible. And it's just, it's not the truth anymore. uh, Like you know,
1: reasonably tiresome when you think about it. Yeah. And um, yeah. So like some things I wrote down here because I I thought of when I was looking at the stuff. It (laughs) was yeah when I was writing a lot, I would almost feel yeah like bad if I wasn't mindlessly depressed. Yeah. Because it would kind of be like, then like, what am I writing about? Yeah, but there are lots of things to write music about. Exactly, and I think um, something that's always made me feel that that's the case, and that I need to feel a certain way to write music. um, I think it's this like fantasizing over the idea of like, like you know, like I mean, like even someone like Matt Healy from the Mm. he has this like a lot of the time, maybe not so much now, but in their earlier days, it would be this kind of like weird kind of. You think about these weird interviews that people like him would give. I mean, like yeah. Kurt Cobain, all these kind of artists um, and their weird imagery, the music videos, being like a mess on stage, being yeah. like drunk out of your mind on stage. It's being...
0: it's, so, it's funny you say that because I specifically, ha- uh, you know, I, I don't listen. I don't really listen to the band that much. They have a couple yeah. tracks that I do really like yeah, yeah. Um, off of the second record. Yeah, yeah. And I think it was uh, when, is it called Love Me?
1: Yeah.
0: Came out when that song came out. There was this whole like frenzy surrounding it. I I, I felt of like um, because you know the music video he's there going around. He yeah, looks like yeah, out yeah. you know out of his head. Yeah. yeah and yeah. then like the interviews he was giving and talking about like you know drugs and everything. Yeah. And like yeah. it just seemed very much like sort of like reveling in it. Yeah. yeah you yeah, know yeah, reveling yeah. in that thing of like I'm not okay right now.
1: Yeah.
0: And you know like y- y- there, there's I think there there's definitely like a line. Oh, yeah, I there's definitely like a lot yeah. like you can talk about it, but yeah, like don't yeah. like revel in it because, you know, it's not healthy. Yeah. But I think it's when you're in that, it's difficult to really, definitely. you know, pull yourself out of it.
1: Definitely. And I think, um, yeah, so actually, so as I said to you before, we'd started the podcast, I actually did a little bit <laughs> of research into the scientific side of this. And it's actually quite interesting. So in Iceland, um, there's a company called Decode Genetics. OK. And they did a study um, over 80,000 people, uh, and they were looking at, like, what they would call, like, genetic variants that increase the risk of bipolar and um, schizophrenia. Yeah. And um, then then did the same study on 1,000 creative people and mm. found that they were 17% more likely to carry these variants um, in their, like, genetic makeup for right. mental illness um, than non-creative types. And in Sweden and in the Netherlands, it was 25% more common, right. which is, yeah. crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it's something i would never, never considered, but it makes sense when you look at like people throughout the years, like yeah. especially like people like, uh, at, like Yeah, I Mac mean, Jonathan. you know, exa- yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: I, I, think like so. I did a in my final year of my uh, undergrad degree. I did a, um, I wrote like a short like um, sort of like dissertation thesis type thing just mm-hmm. about um, it was actually about the links between emotional responses to music and specifically music production. Ah. and so I was doing this study about that and I ended up having to look through like all these different studies yeah, um, yeah, yeah. you know about like not specifically music production but music in general and like the emotional response to it mm. um, and I just found it all like super interesting but simultaneously terrifying yeah, yeah, yeah because it's it's the thing I started seeing these patterns that I had yeah. within the studies that I was reading yeah um, and the fact that the you know some of these studies were like 20 30 years old yeah the the idea of the tortured artist really wasn't getting getting talked about in the way that mm-hmm. it, it is now even though all those studies existed and everything and it's just like yeah. baffling to me yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it's baffling
1: so I mean like what um, like, what would you suggest that is done more about this? Like, would you say, like, more mental health services within the creative industry, uh, mm. sort of more, like, popular understanding of the issue? I think,
0: like, because I know that now there is more of a focus on, um, you know, creatives, like mental health, mm. um, you know, the, and there are, like, charities focusing on that and there are, you know, musicians who are using their platform to talk about mm. it more.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I think, obviously, there needs to, there needs to be more help you know not just for creatives but people in general yeah, you know yeah, the, obviously yeah. the yeah. nhs needs to see a huge boost um, um you know in like cash flow to help with mental health the, health the mental health, health services yeah, but yeah. simultaneously i think it's important for more people to talk about it people yeah. who have a platform to talk about it yeah. i think really should be talking about it more yeah, yeah, yeah um because you know like there's progress but like it's only the beginning of it and yeah. it's it's so i think it's something that hits close to home for a lot more people than we think
1: yeah yeah you know? i mean i i mean for me i think um i think people taking us like artists like big artists who mm. have like vast amounts of fans and followings um taking a bit more responsibility for who their music is reaching yeah um because you know young people seeing someone who's completely like messed up yeah. Um, and fantasizing over that sort of like you know, fantasizing over that image, um, I think is really dangerous. And it's something that I definitely know that I did.
0: Oh, same. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah,
1: and still, you know, in some respects, do. And y- y- it's almost like this idea of like that's cool. Yeah. I mean, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> he's like you know drunk off his face on stage, and he's like you know.
0: I mean, I did I did that for years. Yeah. I really had a problem with uh, getting drunk before I played. And, you know, like just drinking in general, but yeah. like when I played it was always the thing of I remember being like seventeen and like, you know, trying to like smash like <laughs> bottles of wine before I got <laughs> on stage because I thought it'd make me better. Yeah, yeah. Or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Same. and like and the thing of like, you know, just not being able to like deal with the fact that maybe I was just nervous. Yeah. yeah you yeah, know. Yeah. Um and it continued and it and it got worse. I think when I started touring is when I realised it was like Maybe an issue, yeah. Because it was the case of um, me and the people I was on tour with as well. Uh, we, you know, th- this was back when I was in baby names, so I was like yeah, nineteen. Yeah. We were getting absolutely slaughtered all the time. Like before, we like we'd be like traveling to where we're playing yeah, next, yeah. and we'd be drinking. And then afterwards we'd be drinking yeah, on stage. Yeah. We'd be drinking. I remember that it was the second show. We'd only been on tour for like three days or something. It's the second show. And uh, my, and my friend George had, uh, he ended up passing out at the merch table. <laughs> Cause he was just like, just so drunk and so tired. Cause we had like just been going so hard yeah, from yeah, the yeah. get go. Yeah, And uh, it sort of, it had like, I think it was when it started really affecting the music and the, and the, and the shows was yeah. when I started yeah. to, think about Raining it in yeah, yeah. raining <laughs> it in and then like examining my thought processes surrounding it seeing if there was anything I could do
1: yeah
0: yeah yeah you know um, but yeah for years I, you know because I had like spent all these years watching you know all these different bands like YouTube videos or like yeah, live sets yeah, yeah, yeah. and they you know they come on stage with the bottle of Jack Daniels yeah, and it's like yeah, yeah, oh yeah. that's so <laughs> sick <laughs> <laughs> I want to do that you know and then realizing like There is a reason why now they're stung cold sober, you know? (laughs) There's a very good reason. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: Hi, Alex here again. Just a reminder to go over to our Instagram page, at Collective Culture, and give us a follow to keep up to date with all the exciting projects we're working on. Thank you. So finally, um, just because I have so many horrific pieces of work myself that I've worked (laughs) on over the years, what's the worst piece of work, performance or song?
0: Oh or boy! Been a part of, even. Oh, I've been a part of worst man. gig
1: could be worse
0: <laughs> I could definitely talk about worst gig because it happened not actually that long ago. It's it about a year ago. I was. Yeah. Uh, it was when I was playing in Petlib, um, and we were all living together as well. Tensions were very high anyway. You know, yeah. being like flatmates. Yeah. It, you know, um, I had only just moved to London. Uh, another one of my flatmates had only just moved to London as well. So it was very. You know, it was all very tense. We were all very high strung um the records had just come out um and we were playing a show in oxford but there was an attitude of um we you know th- this record had just come out with best records and like it was this you know it's this huge thing we had this big campaign around it and everything we were like yeah we're sick you know we released an album like yeah, on yeah. vinyl look at it look yeah, how cool yeah. it is and this thing of just like being too big for your boots essentially uh oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah for sure and like um <laughs> uh, we had a lot of, like, um, synths and MIDI and stuff. Yeah, and, like, yeah. the venue just wasn't really, like, kitted out for it. Ooh. And we had said to our manager, like, hey, we need to start looking at, like, venues that have the capabilities to do it. Yeah. Um, and because it didn't quite have it, and, you know, we figured it out. We worked around it. It was fine. But, like, um, because of that, there was this attitude of just, like, oh, it's beneath us, in yeah, a way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and it led to the worst show I've ever played. Um things broke from the get-go <laughs> people forgot the songs oh, uh you like freeze thing yeah, yeah like we just barely got through the set and i remember afterwards like in total silence packing up my stuff putting it to the side and then i walked for about half an hour i just left and then when i came back they were like oh we should get some food and i was just like mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I'll pass <laughs> like, yeah
0: whatever and you know they were like oh man that was so bad but, uh, you know like yeah, yeah. trying to like blame other things I'm just sitting there like mm, you know about yeah. to explode yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and that was definitely a wake up call because uh, yeah. I remember having to go to work the next morning yeah. yeah. travelling back at like 2 in the morning back into London going to work the next day and just sitting there at my desk all day just head yeah, in my hands yeah, 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 yeah. and every time I thought about it just like shuddering yeah 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 you know I've had,
1: I've had shows like that and when I played in bands mm. and um, yeah like different shows can like make you realise different things about yourself mm. like if you're getting too cocky yeah you'll, you'll, you'll find out Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, and that, was, I mean, and that was and that was the thing, yeah. Yeah, it'll be like um, that it realis- that sort of moment of realization on stage when, like, actually, you know, you're not, you're not, you're not the thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I
0: think that, I think that's the show that made me realize like this band is kind of dead in the water. <laughs> it was that it was that gig. It was just like we can't be doing that.
1: Yeah, you know this
0: yeah. whole thing of trying to go around pretending like we were this like professional band, yeah. and it's like well, clearly not. Uh, whereas stuff I've recorded in like other bands where I thought like we were this big thing I look back at it now and I'm like that sucks yeah, really that bad. is bad music <laughs> yeah it's really bad. you know I did, uh, I did this <laughs> I did an interview with a friend of mine um, yeah. Ziggy for his magazine Preludes oh I read that actually. yeah yeah and uh, and we, uh, we touched on Fall of the Bastille mm-hmm. and I mean like that was you know I was 16 when I started that and it was the thing like you know I wanted it to be this big thing it was never gonna be that I was 16 yeah. but like the, the music when I listen back to it and as like a producer it's definitely some of the worst stuff I've ever done just hearing it and just being like
1: no 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 like
0: uh, I played it for my girlfriend like I played like a little bit. I didn't even let the vocals come in. I was just oh, like, yeah, I was yeah. like, this is actually like, this is oh, yeah. too terrible. <laughs> this is too that. terrible. Stop it before the
1: vocals. Go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> honestly,
0: because it's just like you know, like pubescent me. Yeah, like yeah, just yeah, like yeah, yeah, jumps yeah, yeah. in with this like crackly like ah, sort of voice. It's like no <laughs> one needs to hear it. <laughs> and um, Ziggy actually like put, embedded it into the interview. He's I've seen. I, yeah, and, uh, I I had
1: a quick
0: listen to that one, I couldn't remember that song. Oh, it was, it was so embarrassing. It was so embarrassing, but I was like, I have to be honest about it. It happened. I feel like I'm better now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And like, you know, I have to own it, but it's definitely like probably up until about this year, I think I'm kind of embarrassed in a way of how I've acted and like music that I've put out. Not all of it. Yeah. Uh but some of it. Um and you know, and I would have thought that like after like eighteen like it would start to die down, but if anything, like it kept going up until this year. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? It's like so... I'm an
1: adult
0: now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like I'm a i am you know, I'm an adult, I buy my own shopping, I pay my I pay my bills, like therefore everything I make is good and I'm the yeah, best. I'm it's professional. Like, it's like no, come on, not at all. It's only yeah. this year that I've actually started to be, you know, professional. Yeah you know after years of saying yeah i'm professional yeah or yeah, at least yeah, like yeah. yeah i'm semi-professional Now it's the thing yeah. of like well i'm actually conducting myself like that i'm realizing how much hard work it is mm. you know it's so not just more to it. yeah it's not just like you know again to, to piss around yeah no no you know, yeah So,
1: Definitely. okay cool well thank you for joining today kieran and course, i you mean you know sort of as a bit of a sign-off like Your new single, Door. Door, Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to
0: quickly talk a bit about that? Sure. Door is a song that came together very quickly, uh, much like the floor below did. Um, It's about um, uh, the anxieties surrounding like a new relationship. Yeah. You know, when once you're actually like established in this relationship, and it's been a long time, and you and you don't know how you're gonna be. And you're so scared of messing up. Yeah. Um. It's you know it's basically just all about that. Um. It came out well a week ago. Um. And it's on you know Spotify, Bandcamp, yeah. SoundCloud, Apple Music, Tidal, all of yeah. that. I don't. I think the vinyl went off sale today. Sadly, but um. I'm gonna look into a way to like maybe try and put all the singles from this year together on yeah Yeah. onto a little EP uh just so people get another chance to like grab it but uh yeah
1: brilliant okay well thanks Kieran no worries thank you for having me thank you for anyone listening watching Mm. and hopefully there'll be lots more of these
0: yeah hopefully so man